Isn't that good news to sing about this morning? And uh, we, I just want to add my welcome to you. It's such a joy-filled time to be able to gather together to sing his praises in the outdoors. I want to tell you, Pastor David is looking forward to preaching outdoors today. He really is a vision for the future, but it's all about Jesus Christ alone. He is our cornerstone. And we have the blessing of sharing in communion together as well this morning as part of our worship. And you should have received on your way in a little communion cup and wafer there as well. And so you might want to grab that and get that ready because we're going to come and share together in communion as well. If you didn't get one, just wave your hand out the window there and someone will bring it to you. Oh, down the front here, um, there's some people still needing and over here as well, a couple of people still needing communion cups. They'll come and bring them to you as well, which would be great. I want to share with you a passage. This is actually my reading this morning and uh, a perfect reading as we come to share in communion. It's Ephesians 2. And it says these words, it says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath that's that was our position that's where we were at deserving of wrath in the same boat with everyone but because of his great love don't you love those words because of his great love toward us god who is rich in mercy praise god that he is rich in mercy compassionate slow to anger he made us alive with christ even when we were dead in transgressions It's by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and has seated us. This is incredible. He has seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. Think about that. The incomparable riches of his grace that he has shown to us. That he might reveal this expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus, his incredible kindness. And it's his kindness, the Bible tells us, that leads us to repentance, that we might know this new life in him. And so we come to share together in this meal. The night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is given for you. And I want to invite you just now just to take the the wafer and your cup. Then we're going to eat that together. We just give thanks to Jesus in these moments. Let's eat together now. And in the same way, says that Jesus took the cup and he said this cup is the cup of the new covenant my blood shed for the forgiveness of sins and so we can drink together now let's drink together as we give thanks in our hearts oh Lord we we thank you we thank you for this meal we thank you the way it helps us to focus again on you, Jesus, and all that you've done for us, your sacrifice for us on the cross, that you died that criminal's death so that we might know life eternal in you. And we declare, Jesus, today as your people, it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, our Saviour, our King, the one who reigns supreme. And so we honour you and we worship you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Now, probably one of the youngest people here today is Pastor David. Where is he? Here he is. And uh, he's going to bring the word of God to us. So flash your lights, bip your horn, do whatever you like to welcome him. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. That's a, that's a welcome and a half. I've never had that in church before. Um, it's great to be here this morning. I tell you what I said to Pete and Nath. Oh, let me take this off. I said to Pete and Nath, I said, this is what dreams are made of, open air preaching. And wouldn't it be great one day uh, for this car park to be full, but no cars, just people, thousands of people hearing the gospel would be amazing. And this is our prayer, this is our heart, isn't it, to see God do a mighty work in and through people's lives through this community as well. So it's such an honor and privilege to share with you this morning. And uh, I, I really sense that God really laid on my heart a word for you, which I, I hope uh, is a word in season. I sense it is, and I think it must be uh, for somebody uh, here this morning. Uh, but let me just pray, and then we'll uh, hear what God wants to say to us this morning. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity, and, and, and very different circumstances uh, than normal, that's for sure. Uh, but we thank you that we can still meet, whether it's in cars, in a car park, it doesn't matter. We can still meet, we can still gather together, and we can still hear from your word. And Lord, I'm convinced this is a word you laid on my heart, you know, last week, and uh, a word, great God, for at least one person here this morning, but I'm sure for many of us, because your word is powerful like a double-edged sword. And so we pray, Lord, that you'd speak to our hearts this morning and, and uh, you'd just bless and move uh, in our hearts. We really do pray. So we thank you, great God, and we commit this morning to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not sure if you uh, are, uh, remember, or I'm not too sure if it's still uh, prominent at the moment, but when I was growing up as a little uh, kid, I, I was obsessed with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm not sure if you've seen that cartoon before or if it's still popular now, uh, but basically they're these little turtles that kind of talk and, and uh, it's like a cartoon. And, and uh, they also had figurines that you could buy from you know Kmart or wherever they sell them from. And there were, I think, I can't remember exactly, but maybe four uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and there were some other characters involved in this TV show. And I, as a kid, loved to collect all the different figurines that you could collect. But I remember there was one Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, that I didn't have, and I really wanted to complete, you know, the set. And um, clearly, my parents uh, didn't buy me that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. And, uh, but I remember going one day to a, a family friend uh, of ours, and... Um, and I was only very young, and I remember my mum's friend, they had a little son as well, and we happened just to be playing together, and he brought out his Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and, and he had the one that I didn't have, this Teenage Mutant Turtle that I didn't have, and I desperately wanted this one. I, I've got to admit, I confess now, I was coveting. I was jealous. I really wanted this one turtle to complete the set uh, that I didn't have. And so um, during the day, as we were sort of playing together, I'm not sure why, but in my mind, I thought, oh, I'm going to take this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. And this is confession. But at the end of the day, as we were sort of playing, I ended up stealing this one Teenage uh, 
mutant ninja turtle that I desperately wanted. I stole it and I sort of put it in the top of my pants and I remember taking it, stole it and took it home uh, with me. And so uh, as the day went on, I got home and I'd stolen this turtle and, and, and I, I, I can't remember, I must have felt a little bit bad, but I desperately wanted this. And it's kind of sad because as time went on, I didn't even really get to play with it anyway because I remember taking it home and hiding it behind sort of the cupboard where I knew my parents wouldn't find it. And as time went on, uh, I, I don't know how long it was, maybe weeks went on, I remember this thing just being hidden behind there and uh, I, I felt terrible, I felt guilty, I felt really quite bad that I'd stolen this Teenage Mutant Turtle from uh, my parents' uh, family, uh, you know, friends, friends of, of, my, of my parents. And so I felt really guilty and kind of torn up about it. Now, eventually what happened was my mum ended up finding it and saying, where did this come from? And oh my goodness, I felt so awful. And it was a terrible experience because my mum said, well, we need to take this back to them. And she forced me, uh, we went back to the family friends and she forced me to give the turtle back and I had to apologise and all this sort of stuff. But I was through that period, I was riddled with this kind of guilt and this overwhelming feeling of uh, I wouldn't have known it was called sin at that time, but really that's what it was, this guilt and this remorse that I had from stealing this thing. And, and I wonder in your own life if you've experienced that in some way or another. I wonder if there's been a, a period of time where you've experienced that guilt, that remorse, that overwhelming sense of, I know I've done something wrong. I, I'm sure we all have at some point or another. That's just kind of the reality of life. And this morning, there's a verse that speaks directly into that this morning, if that's you, if you've ever felt like that, if you've ever felt overwhelmed, if you've ever felt convinced that I need forgiveness and, and I know I've done wrong and, and you feel that remorse, that overwhelming sin feeling in your heart and in your life. Now, there's a, a, a psalm that's written about this. It's actually Psalm 65. And I came across this verse the other day, so powerful. It's found in verse 3. Now, it's believed that the writer of this psalm, Psalm 65, is, is David, King David. Now, what's interesting about this is that we understand and we know, if you're familiar a little bit with the Bible, that David certainly had his mishaps and he didn't have it all together and he certainly stuffed up. We know that uh, David was, was an adulteress. We know that he was a murderer. We know that he, he'd done plenty of things wrong. And yet what we discover in this passage, in, 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 um, in, in Psalm 65, in this verse, a remarkable um, a remarkable verse that speaks directly into those moments where we feel overwhelmed with our sin, where we know that we've gone against God, that we've, we've fallen short of the glory of God. And David writes these words. And if this, this morning, if, if, this, if you can relate to this this morning, listen to these words. It says this in Psalm 65, 3, Though we are overwhelmed by our sins... Though we are overwhelmed by our sins, all of us have been there at one point or another where we feel like, oh, I just know I've done the wrong thing. I feel guilty. David says this, though we are overwhelmed by our sins, you, referring to God, the King of the universe, the one who created the world, who knit it together, you, he says, you forgive them all. That's powerful. Though we are overwhelmed by our sins, and I think if we were to be honest here this morning, every single one of us have found ourselves in that place before. Though we are overwhelmed by our sins, you forgive them all. I wonder this morning if it's a word that you needed to hear. 
I wonder this morning if it's something that is resonating in your heart. You know deep within your soul you've fallen short. You know deep within your soul you've sinned and not fulfilled the law. You you know deep within your soul that you need forgiveness. You know deep within your soul you need a fresh start. David knew it in his heart. I've known it in my own life. We all need this. We all need this. And the creator of the universe, the one who is all-knowing, the the one who is king of kings and lord of lords, the one who created this world, the one who is perfect, absolutely perfect, says to you this morning, he says to me this morning, though you might be overwhelmed with your sins, I forgive them all. God himself says, I forgive them all. It's a remarkable, powerful thing when we know we are lost and broken and in need of forgiveness, and the one who is perfect says to you and says to me, I forgive them all. Though you might be overwhelmed this morning with your sin, the great God says, I forgive them all. I've got a friend of mine, it's quite a powerful story. Uh, he did not grow up in a Christian home at all and, and uh, had no concept of God, but he got caught up uh, as we, it's a huge um, thing in our, in our culture today, young people being caught up in drugs and alcohol. And he got caught up in his teenage years in, in drugs and he got onto ice, which is a, you know, absolutely horrific thing to get addicted to. We know that 27% of people who just try the drug ice for the very first time will be addicted for life. It is absolutely destructive. And he got caught up on the drug ice and he got caught up in all sorts of destructive uh, ways of living. He got caught up in the law and did, uh, broke the law on numerous different occasions. He wasn't a Christian or anything like that, had no concept of God or anything. And he got caught up in all sorts of things and really the, the law caught up with him eventually. And he found himself having to face court uh, um, with many charges against him. And he recalls, he, I remember sharing, he, he shared one day, I think he shared here a couple of times uh, at church, his story and his journey. But he shared with me one day, he said, you know, I remember I had to face court. And by this stage, I'd tried multiple different rehabs to the point where I, I just did not succeed in many different rehabs until I couldn't even get into rehabs anymore. They just wouldn't accept me except a Christian rehab. And he says, I got uh, accepted in this Christian rehab. I didn't believe in it, didn't want a bar of it, but I got accepted in this Christian rehab. And he said, I remember this day I had to face court with many charges against me. And the day, the morning before I left to go to court to meet my lawyer there, all these other brothers in this rehab said, do you mind if we all get around you in a circle and pray for you? And he did not want a bar of it, was not interested whatsoever, but he was like, yeah, whatever, you can pray for me. And so they all gathered and laid hands on him and prayed for him. And he didn't sense anything or feel anything necessarily, but he just thought, oh, you know, I don't believe in that stuff. And he went off to court. He said he met his lawyer at the front and a lawyer said to him, he said, listen, we're going to just go for a, um, we're going to just go for two years imprisonment. And he was absolutely, he said, in that moment, fear just came over him and he said to his lawyer, he said, what do you mean two years imprisonment? What, like you literally think I'm going to face imprisonment? He said, look, with all the charges against you, it could be up to seven years, but we're going to go for two years imprisonment. And he was absolutely overwhelmed, as you can imagine. He said, never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that I'd wind up in prison. He said he walked into the court just with this overwhelming fear and this sense of what is going to happen to me? What is going to happen to me? And he said he was standing there in court The judge read out every single thing that he'd done wrong. You know, all these charges against him. And the judge said, this 
but basically, you know, came to sort of seven years imprisonment. And he said that he was absolutely riddled with fear. And he said in that moment, he doesn't know if he necessarily believes in it, but he said a prayer, the first prayer. As he stood there, he said he felt this, uh, he felt this overwhelming guilt. For the first time in his life, he felt remorse for everything that he'd done. He said, I didn't really feel remorse up until this point. But in that moment, I felt this deep remorse. And he said, I prayed this prayer. And, and in essence, he said he, he was overwhelmed with his sin. And then he prayed this prayer. He said, God, if you're real, would you help me? If you could help me now, I'll serve you for the rest of my life. And he said, in that moment, it was like liquid lava love began from his head to his toe, poured down over his body. A love that he's never experienced before in his entire life. He encountered his heavenly father. And it was like this moment of love and forgiveness just washed over him. And he said, for the first time in many, many years, he burst into tears and he started crying. And all this sin began to come up into the surface. And he just cried and wept and wept in the courtroom and the miraculous thing happened and 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 it's the you know he said it's never happened before but the judge gave him you know community service and he didn't have to go to prison but from that moment on he encountered God and his life was transformed you see this is what happens when we understand the sin in our own hearts and we receive the forgiveness of God and this is what this this psalmist this is what David is writing here even though we're overwhelmed by our sin even though we're overwhelmed by our sin, he says to you and he says to me and he says to anyone that is willing to come to him, with, uh, he says, I forgive them all. This is remarkable. This is the good news of God, isn't it? That all of us, the Bible teaches this, that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. All of us have made mistakes towards God, but his love and his grace and his mercy pours over our lives and he says, even though you've sinned, even though you've made mistakes, I forgive them all. It's remarkable. This morning, there's a temptation for us. If you know this this morning, there's a temptation for us to say, oh, I already know that. But therein lies the problem. The amount of times I've come to prayer meetings and I've prayed, God, help me never to become accustomed to the grace of you. Help me never to become accustomed to your forgiveness and love over my life. And I pray this morning, if you're sitting here, because some of you will be, some of you are sitting in your cars right now thinking, I, I know, I know that. But I pray this morning you'd be reminded of, the, reminded of the goodness of God, reminded of just the depth of what he has saved us from. Though we are overwhelmed by our sin, he forgives them all. It's quite remarkable. The good news of God that is available to all people. I remember another friend of mine sharing with me about he runs a business, a pretty big business, and there was a, one of the people, one of his staff members, it was a long journey, a long story, but basically one of his staff members, there was a complication and there was a bit of a dispute around that he, one of his staff members thought that he uh, owed him you know, quite a significant amount of money, like thousands and thousands of dollars. And it was absolutely clear to my friend that there was no way he owed him this money, but they were, you know, they were sort of in discussion around this, who owed what money, and it was a huge amount of money. And basically, it got to a point where they'd been discussing this for quite a while, and the staff member said, you know, I'm leaving, and you owe me this money, and all sorts of stuff. And my mate, who's a Christian, and he was kind of really wrestling with this for a little while, and... It got to a point where one, one morning they were going to have a meeting together and try and finalise this and, and sort this out, this dispute over this significant amount of money. 
And he shared with me one morning as he was driving to the office knowing that he had this very important meeting with one of his staff members who was leaving. And, and, uh, and uh, as, he, as he pulled into the car park, he said, I just prayed to God about it again. I mean, he'd already been praying a lot about it. But he prayed to God about it again. He said, God, I, I need your help. I'm not sure what to do. You know, it's very clear that he, he, he was in the right in this situation, but he, he just he didn't know what to do. And he felt that morning, he just sensed that God had said to him, he said, you know what, just let him have the money. Just let it go, let him have the money. Now, this was quite a significant amount of money. And he wrestled with that for a little while in the car and he came to peace with that in his heart and he thought, okay, I'm just going to let him have the money. I'll, I'll let it go. He went up into the office and uh, the other guy, he, he, they were in this boardroom, this meeting room, and he sat down. And then this other staff member who this dispute was on uh, walked into the room and he came marching in. He was ready for a fight. And my friend just said to him, as he sat down, he was ready to go. And my friend just said to him, before you say anything, before you say anything, I just want to let you know, you know I'm a Christian. This morning I've been praying about this. And he said to this staff member, he said, I just want to let you know that God has told me that you don't owe me anything, that, that, that it's clean, the slate's been clean, you don't owe me a single cent. And I want to wish you all the best with your business ventures and what you go on to, and, uh, and that's it. And, and you don't owe me a single thing, and it's, and it's all over. And he said to me, the most remarkable thing happened. It was like the presence of God fell in this moment. And he said, this staff member who was ready to fight, was ready to argue, was ready to absolutely lay it down. He said he could not, he literally couldn't speak. His mouth was wide open and he just stood there looking at him. And my mate, it was just silence. It was just remarkable. And he said he did not even say a single word, but he stood back up in his, in his chair and he just walked out of the room. It was just remarkable. This is the most remarkable thing. You see, what happened in that moment was he knew probably in his heart, you know, there, there was, he was overwhelmed by the whole situation. But the forgiveness came and, and he was left silenced. And sometimes when we understand the depth of God and what he's done for us in our own lives, and we understand the, the forgiveness of our own sins, those times we're overwhelmed by our sin, sometimes we're left silenced in absolute gratitude to our great God who forgives them all. It's quite remarkable. This morning you may be sitting there, maybe you know this, but maybe you've wrestled with that before in your life, that sense of, could God really forgive me? I know I've made mistakes, I know I've stuffed up, but could the creator of the universe, the one who is perfect, could really forgive me? And the answer is written in Psalm 65.3, though you might be overwhelmed, he forgives them all. Have you ever thought about as you read the scriptures, it blows my mind that the most sinful people, those that were worst in society, were most attracted to Jesus. Have you ever noticed that in the Bible? I think that's quite, it's quite remarkable. Those that were, were, were outcasts in society, those that were most sinful, wanted to hang out with Jesus. And yet he was the most perfect. It's the grace of God. It's the forgiveness of God. It's the love of God. Nathan shared it this morning through, uh, through it's the love of God that, that brings us to repentance. It's quite amazing. Though we are overwhelmed by our sins, he forgives them all. A mate of mine was telling me just the other day, I'm just going to share with you two last stories. A mate of mine was sharing with me uh, the other day. It was quite, quite powerful, but they'd, uh, him and his wife had bought a, uh, it wasn't a brand new car, but it was a secondhand car. And there was already a few sort of cosmetic damages to the car. Like I said, it was secondhand and he was aware of that. But there was uh, one side of the car that wasn't damaged or anything like that. And, 
I remember him saying to me, he said, oh, and his wife mainly drives his car, and he said, you know, it'd be pretty funny if uh, my wife ends up, you know, hitting the one side that isn't damaged or whatever, and, and he sort of just had a bit of a chuckle about it, but he was telling me that, um, just the other day, a few weeks ago, he was telling me that uh, his wife was out in the car, and she actually um, reversed into something in the one side that wasn't damaged in this, uh, you know, sort of new car, but second-hand car that they bought. And it's quite interesting hearing both sides of their story because one night we're over and they were sort of talking about it. And his wife was sharing that when she sort of damaged the car, when she reversed into uh, this other car or this pole that she hit or whatever, she said she was overwhelmed with, oh my gosh, you know, uh, my husband's going to be so upset. He's going to be so annoyed about this. And she was very overwhelmed about the whole situation. She said she was, she was feeling so like, oh no, how am I going to... I mean, it was going to be fine, but she just felt really gapped. She felt really bad about it, you know. And she said that she came home and uh, she went inside and she said, oh, she said to her husband, she said, oh, you know, I've just got to let you know about something. I've, I've done something to the car. And it's interesting hearing his story, his side of the story, because he said he knew straight away. He's like, oh, no, you know, she's hit something on the one side that isn't damaged. And so um, he, and she goes, oh, I need to show you, like, do you want to come outside? And so he said, we, we went outside and he looked at the car and sure enough, she'd kind of dented the whole side of the car that wasn't already damaged. And he said, in that moment, I was really frustrated. This is him sharing the story. He said, in that moment, I was so frustrated. I was so annoyed. And she was like, you tell she was really nervous about it all. And he said, I was so frustrated. But he said that a powerful thing really happened in that moment. He says, I was standing there looking at the damage. It was like God spoke to my heart. And he said, you know, this is kind of like, I, I've forgiven you for all the stuff ups and all the mistakes you've done in your own life. Because he was thinking, you know, why, why, how could she do this and all this sort of stuff. And God really spoke to his heart. And he said it was such a powerful moment because God just spoke to, into my heart in that moment. And he said, I looked, you know, to my wife and I said, you know what? I said, he said, I love you and it's fine. You don't need to worry about the damage. And he said a powerful thing took place. She just burst into tears. She literally just burst into tears. They hugged it out on the driveway there. And he said, but it was such a powerful moment uh, for him, for her, certainly. And even for both of them, uh, you know, for their marriage, like this powerful moment, this moment of, yes, I've stuffed up, but this forgiveness that flows and how it impacts our hearts and our lives. Though we are overwhelmed by our sin, God forgives them all. It's quite powerful. This morning you may come and you, you might just need to hear that again. Some of you know, I've heard that many times before, I've surrendered my life to God, but you need to hear that again this very morning. And I pray that, the, that today we wouldn't be, uh, that we wouldn't take that for granted, but we'd be reminded of the grace of God uh, in our lives. I want to read with you just in closing now, just one last story. It's quite a powerful story. It's by Ruth Graham. It's actually the daughter of Billy Graham. And she recalls a moment in her life where she was overwhelmed and almost experienced the love and the grace and the forgiveness of God through um, her father, uh, Billy Graham. And she writes this. She shares this story. It says this. After, after 21 years of marriage, uh, after 21 years, my marriage ended in divorce. This is, this is Billy Graham's daughter. Ended in divorce. I was devastated. I floundered. I did a lot wrong. The rug was pulled out from under me. My family thought it would be a good idea for me to move away, to get a fresh start somewhere else. And so I decided to live near my older sister and her family and near a good church. 
The pastor of that church introduced me to a handsome widower, and we began to date fast and furiously. My children didn't like him, but I thought, you know, they were almost grown. They didn't know. They couldn't tell me what to do. I knew what was best for my life. My mother called me from Seattle. My father called me from Tokyo. They said, honey, why don't you slow down? Let us wait to get to know this man. They had never been a single parent. They had never been divorced. What did they know? So being stubborn, willful and sinful, I married a man, this man, on New Year's Eve. And within 24 hours, I knew I'd made a terrible mistake. After five weeks, I fled. I was afraid of him. What was I going to do? I wanted to go talk to my mother and father. It was a two-day drive. Questions swirled in my mind. What was I going to say to daddy? What was I going to say to mother? What was I going to say to my children? I'd been such a failure. What were they going to say to me? We're tired of fooling with you. We told you not to do it. You've embarrassed us. Let me tell you, you women will understand. You don't want to embarrass your father and you really don't want to embarrass Billy Graham. And many of you know that we live on the side of a mountain. And as I wound myself up the mountain, I rounded the last bend in my father's driveway and my father was standing there waiting for me. As I got out of the car, he wrapped his arms around me and he said, welcome home. There was no shame. There was no blame. There was no condemnation, just unconditional love. And you know, my father was not God, but he showed me what God was like that day. When we come to God with our sin, our brokenness, our failure, our pain and our hurt, God says, welcome home. And that invitation is open to you. It's a powerful story. And this morning, like I said, I wonder, maybe you've been overwhelmed with your sin. But this morning, God says this, this I forgive them all. For one of you, could be just one of you this morning, you know deep in your heart, you've never received the forgiveness of God. Or maybe you've wrestled with that many times before. And this morning, he says to you, come home. Come home to me. Know the forgiveness that you have in me by surrendering your life. Coming to me in faith and saying, God, I need your forgiveness this very morning. But for some of you this morning, you may already know that. And I pray this morning that you'd be reminded of the goodness and the grace and the mercy and the love of a heavenly father who forgives your sin, your past, your present and your future this very morning. I need, to, I need to give you an opportunity to respond this morning. So would you pray with me as I lead you in a prayer? Father, we thank you for your word. It's so powerful. As you forgive us for all the sin in our lives, and I know there must at least be one here this very morning that just wants to know the forgiveness of you, maybe for the very first time. And if that's you, just in your head and in your heart, you can pray a simple prayer this very morning. Dear God, I know I've sinned. I know I've fallen short of the glory of you. I know I've made mistakes and I know I've turned my own way. But I pray this very morning you would forgive me that I would be a child of you right now. Come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. And Father, I want to pray and I want to thank you for those that responded, but I want to pray for those that maybe know this, myself included. I pray, great God, that uh, we would be reminded of the grace and the mercy and the love of you and that we would walk in deep gratitude of all that you've done for us, great God, reminded of your love and your grace and your forgiveness. We love you, Lord, so much. And I just thank you, Lord, and we continue to lay down our lives and surrender to you that we make ourselves available to you to be used by you, great God. We thank you and we pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, guys. What a privilege and honour. Yeah, praise God. <laughs> oh, how blessed have we been. How wonderful. What a beautiful day. God-given day. Not every day is like this, is it? Sometimes it's very cloudy and we can't see the sun. But beyond the clouds, the sun is shining. For God is God and in His love and mercy. Today, as we shared in communion and then as David has spoken to us and we've heard the stories and we've listened to God's word. There was a little song that we used to sing as we reflected, reflected on the power of the blood of the Lord Jesus, without which there would be no forgiveness of sin. He shed blood. And some of you may remember it went like this. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes white as snow, whiter than the snow. And if your heart's touched today as mine is, mine is, we'd invite you just to make contact, just on computer or send a message. If you're doing it on computer, take any pastor you like, ladies or guys, just put their name and then at bridgman.org.au and say your heart's been touched. So, for instance, Trevor at bridgman.org.au or phone the church and they'll direct because we'd love to encourage you along the way. It's so good to be together. Oh, and incidentally, if we're, we're in the vulnerable age group, many of us, not all, but some of us are, if you're coming to a service, please feel free to wear a mask like I'm not at the moment. You're free. It's not mandatory. But if you would become more comfortable wearing a mask or even if you want to wear gloves as you come to a service, this is a mask-friendly community. Is that fine? So you don't have to feel awkward or strange. Just join the club and you're welcome. Bless you, each one. Enjoy some of Jenny's scones. Oh, we're so thankful for them. And uh, enjoy your lovely cup of coffee at home. And thank you, Ross, for such fantastic sound. We really appreciate that, Ross. Thank you so much. And now, finally, friends, as you leave, 
as you back out and go on your way, please watch the side of your car that is not yet damaged. <laughs> bless you. But there is forgiveness. God bless you. Let's pray. Lord, now we pray your blessing on every precious life. Oh, Father, we worship you and we bathe. We are immersed in the mercy and forgiveness of all that you are and what you have done to bring us to yourself. Lord, touch Melbourne today. Oh, Father, touch this whole nation. Whatever you want to say to us through this, open our eyes to see. But Lord, in judgment, remember mercy as your word says, and we pray your hand of protection upon this nation and may there be a mighty revival and turning to you, we pray. Now may your grace, your mercy, your peace from God the Father, our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit be with us all, and we know you will. Amen. God bless. Good morning.